Hello. And welcome to Ghoul Gals. I'm Cassandra. And I'm Julie. And we're going to talk about sex. <laughs> I was wondering how you would intro that, like <laughs> what you would do with your voice. Mm. I like I like that. Thank you. Sex. I try to be sexy. Sex. <laughs> That's sexy, right? Mm-hmm. 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 As long as you whisper it, it's sexy. <laughs> Anything whispered is sexy. <laughs> Trash. <laughs> Gross. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I'm going to talk uh, today <laughs> about uh, the Pantayanic. Okay. So it is a Malaysian legend. Ooh. Uh, and a Pantayanic is the spirit of a woman who dies in childbirth or mm. while pregnant. Oh, sad. That's there not even remotely sexy. <laughs> it gets... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that it gets sexier, but it doesn't really. Um, but you'll see why I chose this in a couple minutes. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, so according to the myth, uh, the woman's spirit may rise from the grave as a vengeful ghost nice. uh, to prey on the living by night. Okay. While it resides inside a banana tree during the day, she takes the form of a beautiful, pale-skinned, long-haired woman oh, dressed in white uh, to lure its victim close. Now, this actually is kind of interesting uh, because if you think of just a pale-skinned, uh, long black hair I think the woman, ring. the ring, yeah. ding dong, <laughs> yeah. she's got it. Um, so it's a similar type of myth, um, except instead of having to like wait seven days before she kills you, this lady's gonna get you immediately, oh like God. as soon as she can. It's like I mean, it's like the Grudge too. They had that, that exactly that type of. It's the same kind of like Southeast Asian, yeah, lore. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Ta-da. Yeah. They're they're all kind of connected. Yeah. Um. So the Pantayanic is especially dangerous to men. Nice. She is known to seduce them, and then when he takes the bait, she suddenly turns into an ugly, sharp-toothed oh. hag oh. with razor-sharp fingernails, <laughs> which she then digs into his stomach oh. to then devour his intestines and blood. Now you're like, what the hell is sexy about this? <laughs> I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> I find that incredibly sexy. <laughs> First of all, yikes. Second of all, um, she doesn't only devour his intestines and blood. She also uses those nails to rip off his dick. Yes. <laughs> she is known to sometimes eat it, sometimes just throw it away. Um, so that's about as sexy as my monster gets today. It's pretty darn sexy. It's pretty darn sexy. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's true. Um, so, (laughs) some believe that the Pontianic actually seeks out its prey um, by sniffing clothes that are hung out to dry. Oh, my God. Which is insane. Yikes. Um, and so, there's some of the more superstitious... Uh, Malays 
may never leave any of their clothing outside overnight. So they let it dry during the day and bring it in so that the Pontianic will not um, eat them and then rip off their dick. Can you imagine looking out your window, like doing your dishes, looking out your window at your mm-hmm. laundry, and then seeing like a Pontianic sniffing <laughs> your clothes? <laughs> Using those long fingernails to like draw the she sheet She accidentally up to your... rips it. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Oh no, yeah, you come up the next morning and your boxers are ripped to shreds and you're like, oh no, I guess I can never leave my home at night ever again. (laughs) Um, But for the most part, there's a lot of stories of this woman in white waiting by the side of the road Mm. for help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then stupid men are like, oh, she's hot and then stop to help her. But jokes on them. Um, so there are a few um, telltale signs that the Pontianic are near you, and these ones are spooky. Okay. So f- first of all, there's a smell. So you will smell a really sweet floral fragrance um, that kind of draws you in. So then that sweet fragrance quickly turns into a stench, like a putrid (gasps) um, stench of, like, decay and death, which is super gross. Yeah, that's the worst smell in the world. It is. That's very true. Yeah. Um, So the other sign, and this actually reminds me of the the Whistler that we learned about. Yeah. um, (laughs) And, like, the the guy with the hat. The guy with the hat. Yeah, the Um, whistle guy. He has a bag of bones. Yeah, you know, the bag of bones. Yeah, the bag of bones. <laughs> um, God. Something about salt or pepper. <laughs> you know, that guy. So, <laughs> because, <laughs> as you can tell, we remember our podcasts very well. <laughs> at least we remember <laughs> some parts of Some it. details. It's not true. the names. Some bits. Um, so, usually, uh, it makes its present known through the cries of a baby. So if you hear a baby crying, it might actually be uh, a Pontianic. That's rude. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Oh, yeah. It's uh, terrifying. So if the cry is loud, uh, then that actually means that the Pontianic is still far away. Uh-huh. However, if the cry becomes faint, it means that the Pontianic is very close. No. Um, and then in the same sort of way... Um, if a dog is howling, then it probably means that the Pontianic is far away. So the dog is trying to warn you, but still very far away. Mm-hmm. But if your dog starts to whimper, uh, then it warns that the creature is immediately around you. Ooh. Which is um Thank terrifying God I don't too. have a baby or a dog. Phew! <laughs> 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 you wouldn't be nervous about hearing a baby cry. <laughs> <laughs> then you'd know if you heard a baby cry, you'd be like, okay, definitely a Pontianic. It's not Don't my investigate. baby. Not my baby. <laughs> so I have a a story. Okay. Which is a popular legend about the Pontianic. Fun. So a husband and his pregnant wife are on their way home from visiting family when their car breaks down. Oh, no. The husband decides to walk to the nearest gas station for help while the wife stays behind in the car. No. For a while. We both go. I know, right? For a while, everything (laughs) is normal. 
Of course, it's sure, fine. Sure. Then a slow, gnawing dread begins to creep up the wife's spine. Ooh. Not surprising, considering that she's stuck in a deserted road in the middle of the night. Fair. But <laughs> all of a sudden, she feels very cold, and the scent of sickly, sweet incense mm. fills the air before gradually turning into a rotten stench. Oh, God. The woman is suddenly scared out of her wits by a loud banging on the roof of the car. Oh, my God. The banging becomes more and more aggressive, as if something was trying to coax her out of the car, but the woman is too terrified to move. (sighs) Eventually, a police car uh, pulls over nearby, and the officer begins shouting at her to get out of the car and walk to him slowly and carefully. But he says, do not look back under any circumstances. Oh, my God. She manages to overcome her terror enough to do as he says, but the banging persists, and unable to help herself, she turns around to see what it is. That's when she sees a bloodied Pontianic leering at her, banging her husband's severed head <gasps> against the roof of the car. Oh, my God. The end. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. I have tears in my eyes. That was not expected. Yeah. Um, rough. Ooh. Rough night for would, them, ooh, right? Yeah. I thought she was going to, like, steal the baby because she lost her baby. No, 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 oh, no, no. Oh, God. Mm-mm, she went right for that man. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Although, actually, it is said, uh, I just saw this in a couple of my references, mm-hmm. um, that the Pontianic is said to relish the blood of newborn babies, mm. which is messed up. That is messed up. Right? Because she, like, I think it's because she wanted a baby so badly because she was pregnant when she died. She wants to eat it now? I guess. I she don't know. She wants it so badly. It like she's twisted eat it. her, like being a ghost twisted oh, her. Um, so then it may kill the pregnant mother and eat the fetus. Oh, <laughs> trying to get it back into her tummy, maybe? Sick. That's not how that works. <laughs> I know it's not, but the ghost doesn't <laughs> she apparently. She needs to learn. <laughs> um, or alternatively, she'll attack during childbirth. Um, so that's... Childbirth is already the scariest (laughs) thing, and then you have to worry about a Pontianic... Mm Mm-hmm. Coming in and slurping up your baby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not okay. Um, but for the most part, (laughs) um, her lore is more of being, like, a, like, a sad figure, Mm -hmm. um, that is just haunting men after she dies. Um, so, how do you stop it? There's only one way to stop this creature. No. So if an iron nail is driven into its neck, it turns back into the woman it used to be. Oh, but then she's definitely dead. Twice dead. (laughs) It says that she's still alive, I think. With a nail in her neck? I don't know. I don't think so. I guess it doesn't stay. (laughs) I assume that she was still, she was walking around like Frankenstein with those like bolts. In his neck. <laughs> but now that you say that, it makes more sense that she would just be dead. A nail drilled into her neck. <laughs> She's fine. She's good. No. Um, <laughs> however, if the nail is ever removed, 
the Pontianic reverts to its monstrous nature, uh, free to continue preying on humans. So she is alive. But, like, maybe, because if the nail is into her neck and then she's dead, but then someone removes it, then she'll pop back. Is it Pontianic, maybe? I guess. It could be. I don't know. Well, they gotta cremate her. Right? Or they could bury her or real something. quick. Yeah, well, we'll hear more about that also oh, in God. a second. <laughs> so some legends also state that if uh, one were to tie a red thread from the banana tree the Pontianic resides in to the foot of your bed, the Pontianic would then become bound to that person's will. Like, I smell an episode of The X-Files, right? Like, yeah. someone using a Pontianic for their own mm-hmm. um, sinister plots. Ooh, love it. Um, God, how so, many banana trees are there? Like, how close are they to banana trees? Um, they do that? I don't know. That's cr- Right? <laughs> you just would want to, like, live the farthest away from banana trees that you possibly could. <laughs> yeah. Seems like. The only ones we have here are the ones in, like, the conservatory. It's true. <laughs> so we're good. We're fine. Um, I can't find a red string that long, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, no. It's true. And someone would cut it, for sure. They'd oh, yeah. Like, what is this? <laughs> someone would just walk in the street and be like, who left this string here and cut it? <laughs> So although there's only one way to stop the creature once it is a creature, there is also a way to prevent a woman from ever being a Pontianic in the first place. Good. So since a Pontianic is generally considered to be a ghost of a deceased person, okay, um, it makes sense that the spirit remains in a state of chaos and confusion because it died in a violent death, Mm -hmm. um, as most ghosts Mm -hmm. are. So, failure to recognize, understand, and accept its death caused the spirit to get stuck between this world and the next. Mm -hmm. And so for this reason, Dukins, which are Malaysian shamans, Mm. um, which I read a little bit about them. They sound super cool. Cool. um, Because they can do, like, spells and things and talk to spirits. Fun. Seem cool. Um, So, Dukins often like to help these spirits accumulate merit and virtue so that they can proceed to the next life. So it's kind of like trying to almost make the spirit do good deeds and then oh. go to heaven, I guess, or the next realm, whatever. Yeah. Why wouldn't the Pontianic just eat the duke and stick? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll hear about that in a second. God, I'm too curious. <laughs> you are. Um, so when a violent death of a pregnant woman has been reported... The next of kin often call the Dukin for help in order to prevent the spirit of the deceased person from turning into a Pontianic. Hmm. Uh, the Dukin will have to perform various rituals at the grave of the deceased person. He will spend 24 hours in the cemetery grounds where hmm. he engages in extensive acts of ritual worship while chanting various spells and invocations. Hmm. Hmm. It requires great strength of mind and unwavering concentration to perform this ritual successfully, obviously, for a full 24 hours. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do it. I know myself, and I am too weak to do this. Um, For the spirit of the deceased person will attempt to attack the dukin by whom it is invoked. So you have to be (laughs) extremely concentrated and good at your job, or else... The Pontianic will attack you and kill you. Right. So good luck. And eat your dick. <laughs> and eat your dick, for sure. 
So next, the Dukin uh, has to bind the vengeful spirit through re recitation of powerful spells. So once the harmful ghost is subdued, the Dukin expresses his intentions of goodwill and explains that he wishes to help the spirit as an act of compassion. So he has to kind of talk down <laughs> this angry ghost. <laughs> After the spirit has recognized the true intentions of the dukin, she will give the dukin permission to continue the ritual. The dukin may then, uh, um, and this is super gross, <laughs> so prepare yourself. Okay. Thank you. Um, he will then proceed to extract bodily fluids from the corpse. <laughs> and you're like, wait, which fluids? <laughs> Here it is. No. This part of the ritual involves the use of a consecrated candle that will be used to burn the flesh of the chin off of the woman's body. What? The dripping fat from the burnt chin is collected in a tiny bottle. Are you okay? I throw up. <laughs> That's the worst of it. Thank God. <laughs> oh my God. But like, why? Ooh. I need to know more. Oh, oh God. <laughs> don't you dare. I'm not going to do it, but I really want to. No. So like, I don't understand why the chin is it like a magical part of the body or something that you would need. Yeah. What if you have a, a weak chin? <laughs> what if you don't even have a chin? <laughs> I like, I have a a fatty chin. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, like I have stuff going on there too. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be easy for us. Um, but, oh, God. So <laughs> later on, the contents mm. of the bottle is actually mixed with various other ingredients to enhance the mystical power of the oil. And this oil is called Minyak Dagu, which literally means chin oil. <laughs> Uh, which, when you think of it like chin oil, you're like, oh yeah, I bought that at Ulta. It like gets rid of blackheads or something, you know? Right. There's some rose water in it. <laughs> Ooh, chin oil. Sick. Oh my god. So the Minyak Dagu is considered an extremely powerful magic item, which can be used for enchantment and seduction of the opposite sex. Uh-oh. So some sort of love potion? From the chin like. of a woman? From the chin of a dead, of a dead pregnant woman. Oh, it's rough. Sick. Oh my god. Right? Um, and since the, the Pontianic has agreed to abide to the strict rules imposed by the Dukin, the female spirit thereby is given the opportunity to perform good deeds through serving human beings and fulfilling their wishes. <laughs> So it makes it sound like suddenly well, it's like a, a happy genie, like right, a Robin Williams genie. Right. It suddenly um, has the power to fulfill wishes. Right? <laughs> Interesting. Huh. Hmm. Um, so ultimately, through performing acts of goodwill, the Pontianic accumulates good karma, which allows the spirit to be reborn in a celestial realm. So by doing those good deeds, then able to, to go on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. I took a lot of weird turns that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's uh, it's real weird. Oh, God. Um, so there's actually, it's really interesting because I had never really heard of her before. No. Um, yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> Surprisingly. But actually, the Pontianic is a really popular theme in Indonesian and, um, and Malaysian cinema. Really? Yeah. Oh. Uh, right? And oh. in like horror movies. Right. right. So uh, <laughs> the first movie about this creature was actually called um, Anak Pontianic, 
uh, which was released in 1958. What? Right? Ooh, I um, want to see that. I know, That's right? Like, it sounds check, really cool. Check, check and then, I love. like, in 1961, uh, Indonesia followed with a movie called um, Kuntilanak, which is their, their word for a Pontianic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, like, the same creature. So, yeah, there's just a bunch of movies. Like, they're talking about, like, in 63 and 64. There were oh two different God. movies um, from Malaysia. So, yeah, there's, like, a lot to look at, which makes sense then when you think of, like, The Ring and how that made it to the U.S., mm-hmm. but, like, this is just the other kind of version of that. The more um, interesting one, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, she rips off dicks and eats them. I would love to see that. so cool. Yeah. And actually, it's interesting because I was also reading some articles and I was talking about how um, contemporary female directors Mm -hmm. actually look at the Pontianic as a very feminist um, creature. Yeah. Because not only is she, well, just destroying men, (laughs) um, which isn't inherently (laughs) feminist at all, but (laughs) that's not what I meant by saying that. But... uh, (laughs) I got it. <laughs> you got it. And hopefully everybody listening understands. Um, but also, it's kind of, it's giving her urgency in her afterlife that she didn't get to have right. um, as a as a live woman. Right. So she, in her real life, she wouldn't have been able to walk ar- around alone at night. Um, and she wouldn't be able to, uh, to fight back um, mm-hmm. from being hurt by someone. And then this kind of reiteration of herself in the afterlife as the Pontianic um, gives her that ability. She she only walks around alone at night. Right. She doesn't have to be afraid of anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's able to stand up for herself, which is cool too. Yeah. When, well, it, it, it's also a weird fine line because she seduces men right. and then rips off their dicks. Right. So it's not like they do anything to her necessarily. badly necessarily. True. <laughs> but it's an interesting concept. So actually, yeah. there's some new movies and new shorts coming out um, now. One is called... Oh, God. What was it called? It's... Well, actually, it's a 2017 short film, so it oh. actually already came out. Oh. It's called It's Easier to Raise Cattle, uh, and it's actually about two women who start up a friendship, and then one the one woman finds out that the other is actually a Pontianic. Oh my god. And how their friendship can get past that <laughs> or how it continues in spite of that. Love it. Um, so it's really interesting that it's, yeah. it's still a thing and it's really quite um, feminist at this point, mm-hmm. uh, which is really neat. There was like mm-hmm. a quote that was really cool. Um, okay, on first sight, you're afraid of her. But afterwards, you realize that the real monsters are humans and society. All horror stories are created from this. And it's so true. Mm -hmm. Um, All of those really scary creatures, like the swamp thing and stuff like that, are all be more of a mirror to society on the horrors and violence that we commit. um, I actually was just reading an interview with um, Oliver Jackson Cohen, who played uh, Luke in uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. And he said something very similar. Uh, And he said, if you take away the house and all the ghosts and all the horror elements, it's about childhood trauma. Mm. Uh, So you can swap out what all those kids went through. The horror they experienced uh, can be swapped out for sexual abuse or physical abuse or anything like that. So you manage to kind of navigate all of these horrific things we kind of don't want to look at in the veil of ghosts. So it becomes palatable for an audience. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's very true. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why I love, love like horror films uh-huh. or like sci-fi mm-hmm. and stuff. You love really, sci-fi. I love sci-fi. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, I just finished the second season of The Orville, and it's just amazing. But like, it's it's I'm, pretty like obvious what moral quandaries they're going for. Yeah. But it's still really interesting because you get mm-hmm. to see it in the scope of aliens in space, right. which is like, who wouldn't want to see that? <laughs> <laughs> Most people, I feel like not many people are watching that show, but I love it. I didn't know it came back for a second season. Um, yeah, second season is over and now it's on demand. <laughs> so, <laughs> oops. Yeah. So that's my, that's my lady. That uh, was horrifying and disgusting, and I almost threw up. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Okay, so, um, as you know, I had a bitch of a time finding anything to do for this. Oh, no. Um, And the problem was, I don't know if maybe I was being a little too picky or something, but, Mm. like, a lot of, there are a lot of, like, sexual creatures in folklore and stuff, but... A lot of them we've already talked about. True. Coincidentally. I'm looking like, at you, Encantado. <laughs> the Boto Dolphin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, uh, the Kelpies. Mm. Or, no, what? No, Wait, no, no Kelpies. No, not Kelpies. The um, the ones, the other ones, the hot ones that are like Kelpies that are horse. No. <laughs> the water ones. That are not Kelpies, but are like... The Glashtons? Glashtons. <laughs> yeah. They can... They can become hot guys. They can become hot guys. <laughs> still, though, right? Yeah. Everything has a The hole. Bodo Dolphin still has a blowhole in its head. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's perfect. <laughs> and then, like, there were a lot of things that were, like, the Alp, where, like, they would sit on you at night mm-hmm. and then, like, invoke some kind of weird wet dream. And, like, <laughs> and you have to, like, it, it was just all too similar to things that we've done in the past. Mm-hmm. And then, like... Things that are, like, not okay, like, assaulty and mm, rapey, mm, yeah. and, and I don't want to talk about that stuff, because <laughs> we don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't need to be talked about. Because this is a fun podcast. Yeah, and those monsters are degenerates. <laughs> I'm not going to give them <laughs> the I'm publicity. I'm not going to give them a platform. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it was really hard to find something mm. that was... I, so okay, so I ended up doing uh, the Vila. So like um, Fleur de la Cour. Yeah, from Harry Potter. Beautiful. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, um, literally beautiful. I just meant it like, like great. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> um, so the Vila are Slavic nymphs mm. said to have power over the wind and to delight in creating storms. Oh, <laughs> nice! <laughs> I like her already. Uh huh. Uh, in Polish legends, they are called Wiwa. Um, so these fairy-like creatures um, appear as beautiful, eternally young maidens, mm. either naked or dressed in fabulous blue robes Ooh. or skirts of leaves. That sounds cool. Yeah. Make it fashion, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Project Runway. <laughs> Make a Vila outfit. <laughs> she walks out nude. She's just completely naked. Um, skirts of leaves or all in white. Hmm. And they live in mountainy woodsy areas or in the water or in the clouds. Whoa, yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh, I would love to live in the clouds. Me too. And wear leaf skirts. 
they were like cloud like cotton though not like water like they actually are <laughs> so you just fall through them yeah. and you're or like, you're just wet. wet all the time <laughs> gross horrible mm-hmm. um they are sometimes said to be the spirits of women who have lived frivolous lives good <laughs> i've done nothing so maybe you can do they dwell between this world and the afterlife, and their feminine charms belie the fact that they are also fierce warriors mm. whose voices can form gusts of wind powerful enough to lift a house. What? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Just lift a house right, right from the ground. Um, they can either blend into the wind as incorporeal shapes, translucent and intangible, um, or they can become solid, touching and being touched. Ooh, by the natural world around there's them. There's the sex part mm-hmm. of this. They're also able to turn themselves into horses, wolves, snakes, falcons, and swans. Cool. Yeah. Why? I wonder why those specific animals and not like I an think armadillo. because they're like hot. They're hot animals. <laughs> they're the hottest <laughs> animals. True. True. <laughs> like none of them are, I mean snakes are kind of creepy, but yeah. they're not like they also armadillos. They're in a way that's kind of cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, they are sometimes naked to, like I said, to entice the opposite sex. Mm. Um, and they love to sing and dance and their dance is magical and seductive to almost all male beings and some female beings, (laughs) Uh, which causes people to perform strange actions in order to get nearer to them. So they like lose their minds. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> if men were to go searching for Avila, uh, he would likely find her in places similar to those which the fairies and nymphs prefer, um, on hilltops or mounds or in the center of a ring of trees. So the Vila can be appeased if they're distressed or summoned by oh. curious people with treats. And they prefer things like fresh fruit, Round cakes, so not square cakes, I guess. They, they won't want a sheet cake for some reason. Even if it's from Costco, unless yeah. you cut off the corners. <laughs> I'll keep the corners for myself and then give the, like, the center to the fairies. Or the right. Vila, God. It's like the opposite of like the four-corner pizza. <laughs> I want only corners. I want no corners. <laughs> um, and they appreciate decorative items like ribbons and flowers, which they weave into their hair. Cool. Yeah. However, they are different from fairies. Uh, fairies are known to be playful tricksters. They take pleasure from borrowing things and returning them in odd places, so they're just, like, rude and mm-hmm. inconvenient. Vilas, on the other hand, are said to occasionally become fierce beings known equally for forcing companionship. <gasps> And seeking vengeance. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. They are known to dance human men to death cool. for their amusement and enjoyment. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, can you imagine putting that on your grave? <laughs> oh my gosh. Danced to death by Vila. Uh, um, they are also known to participate in battles for some reason. For things. I guess. <laughs> Oh, their voices are forced to be reckoned with, so powerful that a few notes can either keep the men dancing against their wills or summon the most dangerous winds and storms to wipe out their enemies. Oh my gosh. Causing the earth to shake from the very force of their magic. Whoa. Yeah. Only sometimes do they choose to help or heal humans in war or moments of compassion. 
But if the Vilas are angered, it is not uncommon for them to kill the humans without a second thought. Whoa. Yeah. Dude, these guys are They're scary, like, <laughs> but in a really cool way. Yeah. Um, they don't particularly like humans, um, which is fair. <laughs> <laughs> Though they know it is necessary to enthrall them to take part in their revels as sacrifice. <gasps> no. Yeah. They'll do what they must to lure humans to their special revels. Um, a thick ring of grass, a type of fairy ring, remains after such a revel, and those who are wise know not to pass it, for their life force will immediately be drained, and they will become part of the forest. What? Yeah. Now, see, that's a cool thing to put on your gravestone. Right. <laughs> My life force was drained. <laughs> Became part of forest. <laughs> I love it. Um... Because of the range of magic the Vilas possess, stories traveled very quickly throughout the Slavic region, describing ways in which to stop or gain control over Vila. Uh, for example, if a man were to pluck a Vila's hair from her head, either she would die at once mm. or be forced to transform from her incorporeal can't say that word, <laughs> incorporeal shape to a solid state, allowing the man to capture and contain her. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Gross. I feel like there's always one of those things where it's like, this is the most magical woman in the world. And then it's like, and steal one hair <laughs> off of her head and you own her for right. the rest. Like, that's messed up. So stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, if a man managed to steal a piece of skin from the Vila, um, how? then he would become dominant over her and be able to give her commands, which she would have no choice but to follow. Oh. Yeah. Uh, men would go armed into the woods at night with knowledge such as this, their only form of protection against the will and wiles of the Vilas. Mm. A good thing, too, for when a Vila is angered, she is three times as dangerous as when she is merely playful. <laughs> <laughs> I love that when she's playful, she's still super dangerous. <laughs> but she's three times more dangerous. When angry. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Hmm. That's all I have. That's really cool. I didn't really know that much about Vila's. I just assumed that they were kind of like a nymph. Like, yeah. I like mean, kind of playful yeah. and magical, but not not they're as powerful. Yeah, they're seductive and they're dangerous. Yeah. And scary. Which is, yeah, even yeah. more dangerous yeah. by being so seductive. I don't like that you can trap them so easily. Me neither. Um, it doesn't seem right. Yeah, and I don't like... The skin thing? Like, mm. what? Yeah, like a fleck of skin oh. or like cutting out, like gouging out like, skin. Like, yeah. Mm. Like dandruff? <laughs> if you get a feel of dandruff, then you're fine. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. She's sexy. She's cool. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like the things that we chose. And they're not messed up or creepy, really. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it's not messed up for, I mean. for us. For, like... Pontianic, but if you're a man listening to this, I'm very sorry. Yeah. I'm sure it's very messed up for you. Sorry. But for us, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She sounds cool. Now I watch that short film where they yeah. become friends. I'm like, I want to be friends with the Pontianic. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, now I look at Harry Potter in a different way. He's Fleur yeah. de la Cour. I always want to say Fleur de la Cour, but that's not Fleur de la Cour. Uh -huh. Um... Her name is literally Listen. Flower of the Heart. <laughs> Gross. Which is so stupid. She can is so bad at coming up with names. It's true. She's too on the nose for everything. A little bit too. Remus yeah. Lupin? Like, are you serious? 
Jeez Louise. Great. Anyway, so that God. was our episode on sex. Yeah, follow our Instagram if you haven't already. Sorry you're getting sick of hearing that, I'm sure. Well, it's going to be said in every episode, so. <laughs> so get ready. We um, have to promote ourselves. <laughs> consistency in only two parts. <laughs> Saying to follow our Instagram and talking about Harry Potter. Because <laughs> I feel like that's every single Harry episode. Potter or like the Haunted Mansion. Or the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> Things that children talk about. <laughs> Alright, so this is the part where we say... See you later, girls and boys. Bye. Bye. I was like, I can't find dick. Because she ate it. I can't do it. Don't you do it. I can't. Don't you throw up. I can't.